The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The immediate priority, as you say, is to get the Americans trapped behind Taliban lines out of Afghanistan. Joe Biden told a bald-faced lie yesterday when he said they planned for every contingency. They obviously did not because there are 10 to 15,000 Americans behind Taliban checkpoints. My office has been in direct contact with hundreds of these people who have not heard from the State Department, who cannot get to the airport in Kabul because the Taliban have checkpoints all over the roads and control all access to it. And Joe Biden's administration won't even commit to stay in Afghanistan to secure that airport for two more weeks to get all those Americans out. That's U.S. Senator Tom Cotton. I was reading Josh Rogan's Twitter feed in which he retweeted some information. There are 15,000 Americans currently trapped in Afghanistan. Some are reaching the airport for evacuation, but it's unclear how many the Taliban will allow through since they get to make that decision. Dual citizens are the most at risk. Those that are outside Kabul have really no option. And as Josh Rogan tweeted out, the Biden presidency and U.S. foreign policy now hinge on pulling off one of the greatest airlifts in world history. Josh Rogan is global opinions columnist for The Washington Post, also the author of a terrific book about China chaos under heaven, Trump, Xi, and the battle for the 21st century. Josh joins us now. Josh, welcome. How are you? Uh, I'm okay. A lot better than our friends and uh, allies and citizens. Yeah, Josh, you're one of the first people uh, I saw on your Twitter feed speaking to the fact that the Taliban control the narrative so much more than a lot of people are talking about. Explain that to us. Well, I mean, you know, the fact of the matter is that all of our American foreign policy now is dependent on the good graces of the Taliban. And all we have left to do in our uh, to save our people is to uh, be- bow and scrape and beg the Taliban for safe passage, uh, which they may or may not give on any given street on any given day, and to try to negotiate with them by bribing them with things like legitimacy and international recognition and money, all of which they don't deserve because they're a murderous group of 
fundamentalist, extremist, uh, terrorist thugs. And, you know, if you just think about what a horrible position that puts us in, uh, you realize that, uh, you know, uh, this was screwed up majorly. But the before we do the postmortem, the patient's still on the table, right? So we still have to deal with the crisis that's ongoing right now. And that is why I, I uh, focus on this idea that, well, we can. There are mistakes that are going on today that we don't have to make. There are people who are going to die tomorrow who don't have to die if the United States fixes its policy, which we're not doing. You didn't go to so, medical school, but that don't do the postmortem while the patient's still on the table is a pretty good one. Yeah, that's solid stuff. So uh, we understand the vast majority of the Americans still in country or in the Kabul area. So let's start there. What is the situation for them right now? Informationally, logistically, can they get to the airport? What's happening? You know, my sources, and I think this is confirmed by, by some of what you've seen from TV reporters on the ground, is that, you know, the Taliban are enjoying their being in charge of who gets to live and who gets to die on the road to the Kabul airport. And, you know, if we, if you think that, you know, the promises of Taliban leaders extend down to every roaming gang of thugs in Kabul, uh, then uh, you're a fool. So the, you know, when the Biden administration tells us, oh, well, don't worry, the Taliban said everything's going to be fine. Uh, they know that that's not true because they're not actually that stupid. So, you know, it's all case by case. You know, you could be an American and you could get to the airport and find that you don't have a seat on the flight. You could be an American. You could never get to the airport. You could, you know, it, it's it's just mayhem. And meanwhile, the planes are taking off half full, sometimes not even that much because they're not letting the people in the airport who are supposed to get on the planes. So, oh, they're bragging that they flew some planes out of the airport without any people on them. I mean, that's how crazy it is. That's how bad it is. Man, I spent a lot of the weekend tweeting with smart people. I know I should have tweeted at you because it would have been a good person to ask. It's just, you know, what's in the Taliban's best interest? Because that's what they're going to do. And I and I, I was hoping that the Taliban would think. I think their current thinking is, best thing for us is just to get the United States out of there. Let's let's get, get them out of here, and then we'll just run the country. But if they wanted to, man, they could embarrass us on the world stage. They could pull off a hostage situation that could take weeks or months to unravel. It could be really ugly, couldn't it? Right. So, you know, this is sort of, right, how do you you, uh, get inside the minds of the Taliban, right? So this is like, you know, what the Biden administration is trying to do now. They're trying to keep the Taliban on their good side and and so that they'll let the Americans go. Of course, they're not going to let the Afghans go. Tens of thousands of Afghans who helped us, who risked their lives for us uh, on the promise that we would provide them safety, a promise that we're right now in the process of breaking. So they're never going to let those people through the checkpoints, no matter what. And the only thing that we can ask for and reasonably expect to get is, oh, well, they'll, they'll let the Americans, at least uh, the white Americans, get through the lines. And, you know, yes, they could pull that rug out from under us at any moment. So, in other words, they're basically holding all of our citizens hostage. They're holding our military and our government hostage, in a sense, uh, because we have to do what they say, because we've decided to give them the entire city, the entire country. Uh, without a fight, and now uh, we're screwed. Josh Rogan of the Washington Post is on the line. Josh, I read your excellent column, which we have linked at armstrongandgetty.com, and you mentioned that the folks in Kabul are desperate for any sort of information, anything, what should I do type information, and they're calling uh, Congress people and senators and such? Right, so, you know, if we have such a good 
relationship with the Taliban, why did we have to close the embassy where they were processing all the visas where people could call and figure out what the heck to do? You know, if we have such a good relationship with the Taliban, as uh, the Biden administration seems to want to tell us, uh, then how is it that the State Department has to tell Americans, first of all, they told them to shelter in place, don't come to the airport, because the airport wasn't secure. Then they said, okay, you can come to the airport, but we're not going to provide you any assistance, so good luck. If you make it there, let us know. And then if you get to the airport, it's not even clear you can get through the gates, because the gates are, like, full of uh, Taliban soldiers, you know, with American, you know, advanced weaponry strapped all to their backs. Uh, so, yeah, I think, uh, you know, it, there's it's just... Uh, a, a, a raging fire, and and they're they're trying to put it out with a with a with a garden hose. It's just crazy. Yeah, that's an excellent point. You can't you can't make the claim that we're working with the Taliban, but we had to smash our computers and burn all of our uh, our paperwork and leave the embassy uh, in a hurry. That you that know what they did? They 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 burned all of the passports that were in the embassy when they were burning up the embassy dock. So if you were an Afghan with a special visa and in your passport. Your passport got burned by the Americans. I mean, does that sound like a well-planned contingency to you? Does that sound like, oh, yeah, we, we, we definitely thought of this, you know? Does that sound like that? Oh, boy. That, a successful implementation of policy? That's horrifying. In your gut, does this feel like a disaster in the making? You know, in my gut, I'm, I'm so scared that it could get much worse. And by that, I mean, you know, you Taliban doing exactly what you said, which is deciding that, hey, you know, toying with us has uh, yielded them all of the amusement that they care to get. And now it's just time to start killing Americans and Westerners and Europeans and Afghans and anybody else who looks at them cross-eyed and women and journalists and activists. And that would be another layer of hell. That would be, you know, Saigon plus Benghazi and you know, I pray to God that we don't get to that point, but I think the decisions that the U.S. government makes in the next few days will have an impact on that. You know, uh, Josh, I, I wonder, well, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in observing the way the Taliban is conducting itself right now. It seems to me, and I'd love to hear your opinion, that they are coming off very much as the moderates to try to grease the skids, solidify power, get the Americans out of town, etc. But I'm sure they will go back to their old ways before long, don't you? Well, what the Taliban need is not 100% recognition. They just need some recognition. In other words, once they've put up enough of a facade that the Chinese and the Russians and the Iranians and probably the Turks can pretend to believe them, because nobody actually believes them, but if you're a dictatorship in Beijing or something like that, you can pretend long enough to recognize them, then they won't need us anymore. In other words, they don't need American recognition. It's enough for them if they get Pakistan and China and Russia and Iran. That's, that's pretty good. Uh, so that's as long as they'll, you know, pretend not to be, you know, murderous, uh, extremist, fanatic, terrorist thugs, which they still are. OK, so, uh, again, that provides us a window to try to maybe get some things that we want. But to think that we have leverage over them is ridiculous. And, you know, yes, of course, they'll play nice to the Internet with the international community to a point. Uh, and that point is once they extract as much as they can get from playing nice, uh, then they'll, I'm sure they'll revert to form. So we're talking with Josh Rogan, and we've had you on several times talking about your book, Chaos Under Heaven, Trump, Xi, and the Battle for the 21st Century. Uh, you know, back to your expertise on China. How do you think China looks at what we just did and what we're doing? How might that influence their decisions in foreign policy going forward? You know, it's funny because the Chinese propaganda criticized us when we're in Afghanistan as 
imperialist invaders and occupiers. They criticize us when we leave Afghanistan uh, for abandoning our allies. So either way, the Chinese Communist Party propaganda is going to uh, uh, find a way to call us the devils and, and them the heroes. Okay, So that, putting that aside, what, what's actually happening on the ground is that our allies, not just our Western allies, but any allies, Taiwan, Israel, you name it, have, have got to have their confidence shaken. They've got to be thinking twice that if push came to shove, if you know, if the if the their version of the Taliban came for them, would America stand by them? And you know, I, what are you supposed to say to them? Like, what do you? How could you possibly reassure them in the light of this disaster? And what the Biden administration basically said is, well, every situation is different, and they shouldn't worry. Uh, but I'm here to tell you that they're worried, and China's trying to exploit that. I mean, they just did a a, a mock assault on Taiwan yesterday, right? That's not that's not a, a coincidence of timing. They're telling the Taiwanese that. Uh, you guys are on your own. Look what happened to Ashraf Ghani. And the wow. Taiwanese are scared, and they should be. That's interesting. Josh Rogan, Global Opinions columnist for the Washington Post and also, again, author of Chaos Under Heaven, Trump G and the Battle for the 21st Century. Josh, we sure appreciate the time. Really good stuff. Thanks for uh, your coverage, and let's talk again soon. Anytime. All yeah, righty. if you like this sort of stuff, he's a good follow on Twitter. You know, it, it becomes pretty obvious. Josh basically just said it there. It already is a hostage situation. It's just happening behind the scenes. It's just not overtly. It's not, you know, Al Pacino and Dog Day Afternoon, you know, there on cameras. But it is It is a hostage situation. The Taliban know that we know we're getting these people out at their pleasure. And that's why we're offering them all this money and everything. So it's, it's a hostage negotiation that's just going on in secret. Right. Meanwhile, the five figures, low five figures worth of Americans who are hiding out in and around Kabul uh, are getting no information from the State Department. They don't know where to go or what to do exactly other than, yeah, if you can get to the airport, get there. And the nervousness, as as, as Josh pointed out, has got to come from the Taliban is not, uh, you know, as top down coordinated as the U.S. military is. You could have a, a, a Taliban leader or group of dudes decide, you know, we're going to kill Americans. Screw it. At, sure. at, at any point, Absolutely. and you know, I know a lot of what you a lot of what you would say uh, is uh, they start killing Americans. Oh, we're going to unleash holy hell on you. Well, I was thinking about Beirut, nineteen eighty-two, something like that, when uh, terrorists killed hundreds of Marines at one of our bases. We didn't unleash holy hell on anybody. We got the hell out of there. We thought this is a screwed up part of the world, and we got out. Yeah, yeah. I, the only reason well, they're not killing Americans is they must not think it benefits them, because they're going to do whatever benefits them. Right, and that could absolutely change over time. Sure. Because there are thousands of Americans in hiding at this point, and no clear way to get them out. If you're outside of Kabul, by the way, there's not even a conception of a plan to rescue you. Uh, in Kabul, at least conceivably, there's a bad idea or two of how we can get you out. Uh, but uh, how this unfolds, God knows. How in the hell, Joe Biden, do you decide you're going to pull out of uh, Afghanistan and then you don't have a plan for 15,000 U.S. citizens? They're not already out of the country before you get this started. How the hell does that happen? Right. Joe Biden is a dummy. Anybody going to resign? Anybody going to get fired? The short answer is, we thought we had months. You that, gotta, that the, you know, that the storm would be seen gathering on the horizon and moving slowly across the plain, and we could see it coming and think, well, 
we're probably down to about 60 days to get people out. So let's get out the less critical people, and we'll meet again next month and decide who to get out. Go ahead and book tickets, honey, because they're, they're out halfway across the country, and I think by by October they'll be here. So let's go ahead and book tickets, and we'll gather our belongings, and we'll move out of uh, Kabul. I guess that's what they right. thought. Didn't I work guess. that way. Any comment? Text line 415-295-KFTC. The Elevation with Stephen Furtick podcast was created with you in mind. This is a podcast for those feeling discouraged or needing guidance from God. Together in this podcast, we'll dive deep into scripture, uncover the powerful truths that will help you rise above your limitations and embrace your full potential. We're here to equip you with the tools you need to conquer life's challenges. Listen to Elevation with Stephen Furtick every Sunday and Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.